Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, and today we are really getting into it with 1995's Leprechaun 3. We're going to Vegas, baby! Look out, Vegas! I'm taking over! And I'm joined by a co-host that I have not seen since before the plague. The that was dark, my joke. The dark times. Dark times, Harry. Uh, Derek Kubitschak, welcome back to the podcast. Here's the thing. Everyone who's heard me on this podcast before from the very beginning, I'm not a huge fan of horror movies at all. For some reason, I have watched all three Leprechaun movies and have had a damn good time watching all of them. Ryan actually actively does not like the the first Leprechaun. I hate that movie. I hate it. I enjoyed it. I don't care for the second one. And I enjoyed it. Third one, I gotta admit, grew on me quite a bit. I didn't like it the first time I watched it. This was the second time I had seen it. I kind of liked it this time. You know, Ryan, right after the movie was done, we were saying, okay, you're the writer. You get hired to write Leprechaun 3. Dream right? gig. Dream gig. <laughs> dream, yes. No, I was going to say dream big, and this is about, as, like, this, you're at the precipice. I mean, this yep. is Leprechaun 3. You get four cheaply made sets. Most of your budget goes to Warwick Davis. Is it Caroline Williams? Williams. Yep. So she gets uh, lunch and dinner, and then everyone else, they just work for a bag of Cheetos. Sure. Right? So you've got no money. This was a competent movie. Yeah. Given all of that, this movie was more than competent. This movie is meta. It's self-aware. I. This movie was fun. It's the most competent of the three Leprechaun movies so far. I enjoyed it. I think I gave the first two Leprechauns fives out of ten, so that means I have to give this one a six out of ten because this is the most competent and it's still just as fun. So yes, believe it or not, I'm recommending Leprechaun 3 to people. That's weird. That's a weird statement that's, for that, you, man. That, that's very alien for me. Yeah. Um, I'd probably give Leprechaun like a five out of ten, personally. I, it definitely went up in my estimation. It's fun. It's not great. It's kind of fun. I don't know. I will say, better watched Intoxicated and never watch alone. Never watched alone. That was my mistake, watching the Leprechaun movies for the first time. But Derek, it's good to have you back. It's been a minute since we've had you. February, February March. Right, it's right around then. been a long time. So it's, it's good to be back. It's good to be watching some of these movies that make me uncomfortable again. It expands my horizon. So happy to be here. Even if it is for a Leprechaun movie. <laughs> um, and the main reason I asked you here today was because you are going to be the, the podcast Las Vegas correspondent. Because you've been there the most out of everybody that I really know. Twice. You've all, been there twice. All two times. Yeah. And do you know how many bets I've placed? How many? Zero. Oh. The first time I went, I was 13. And I think my parents just wanted an excuse to finally go to Vegas. And they're like, well, hey, we can at least get him into the hotel room now <laughs> and sit him in front of a PG-13 movie, which was X-Men Origins Wolverine, Oof. by the way. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. I'd rather watch Leprechaun 3. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Leprechaun 3. Leprechaun 3 is miles, miles ahead of X-Men Origins Wolverine. Uh, but, but basically, my parents tag-teamed us. Like, you know, one would hang out in the room and do a little room service. The other would go gamble for a while. And then after me and my brother went to sleep, they'd go gamble. And then the next time I went, I was 17. 
I was actually going down for uh, junior nationals for bowling because not that I'm going to humble brag, but when I was younger, I was a nationally ranked junior bowler and I got to go to the tournament in Las Vegas. I placed like 57th. So, you know, not in the money. We'll (laughs) use another gambling term. So I've never placed a bet, but I have been to Vegas enough to understand the culture and know that it's not for me. (laughs) Uh, I'd I'd go back for a vacation, uh, but I can't stay there more than a day or two. Uh, yeah, I've been there once. I, I was 23. I was passing through on my way to Los Angeles. I uh, spent like two days there. Lost like 100 bucks gambling. It's not for me. It's not my kind of place. I, I guess I would go again, but I'd be unenthusiastic at best. <laughs> I will. I'll give one more fun story before we get started. And uh, for those of you who haven't been to Vegas, this actually happened to me when I was uh, I was 13. I was walking down. Uh, it was just off the strip because that's you know Las Vegas is the strip. It was me and my dad. This lady walks up to us in a skin-tight leopard print dress. And by the way, this dress only went down maybe a third of the way down her thigh. She was in five-inch heels. She was all done up exactly like you imagined. So, by the way, Las Vegas is exactly what you see in the movies. Like, nobody needs to doll that place up. (laughs) L.A. gets dolled up. New York gets dolled up. Vegas is Vegas. Yes. Vegas is Vegas, baby. And she said, excuse me, do you know where the Flamingo Hotel is? And I was like what no and she's like well do you feel like it's safe for me to walk and my dad looked right at her and said not dressed like that honey and we kept on walking (laughs) that's pretty good that's pretty good so that is why i'm your vegas correspondent yeah that that's the only reason because i have that story sure Uh, The reason we're here today, uh, the point of this podcast is we're trying to create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies, including movies with killer leprechauns. Yes. And we have 49 rules on our list currently. Uh, You can check out our current list at HowToHorror on Twitter. That's how, the number two horror for our current list of rules. And we're going to go through the plot of Leprechaun 3 beat by beat, decision by decision, to see if we need to add any new rules to the list. I doubt it because we've kind of covered all the grounds here for Leprechaun with the first two movies. The only thing interesting about Leprechaun is there hasn't been a, a ton of pure fantasy supernatural. Because they yet. have no money. Because <laughs> Right. And that's really not going to change. Right. Derek, do we have anything else before we want to get into this movie? Let's go. All right. Let's get into the plot of Leprechaun 3. All right. So the movie begins in Las Vegas, of course, at a pawn shop where we meet a guy, the guy who owns the pawn shop, a guy named Gupta, who's very, very much a stereotype, very much a, a poo from The Simpsons. Uh, 1995, I want to remind everybody when this movie came out. Different times. Different times. We already said dark times. Dark times. So Gupta runs this pawn shop, and in comes a man who has an eye patch and is missing a leg and an arm. But has a tattoo that says Lucky. Oh, did it? No, I didn't, <laughs> on, his, I didn't, on his hand. Did not see that. And he comes in, and he has a leprechaun statue that has a medallion hanging around its neck. And he's like, I just want to sell this so I can have enough money to get out of town. Because this guy has been in a horror movie, apparently, Leprechaun 2 and a half. Recently, yeah. <laughs> Starring Timon and Pumbaa. <laughs> yes. And the first rule of surviving a horror movie is you have to know you're in one. Rule number one, Patchy the pirate here knows he's in a horror movie. And you know what? Good on him. Because he's going he's gonna to sell this statue to Gupta for 20 bucks. And that's gas money to get, I don't know. 300 miles away, maybe? I did the math for you. So you got the gas price of about $1.60 in 1995. 20 bucks, um, 20 some miles to the gallon. That should get you coasting downhill to L.A. Sure, sure. You can walk the rest he of the can, way from he, there. He probably is Patchy the Pirate. He went to L.A. 
and started SpongeBob four years later. <laughs> he did this first and then started SpongeBob? Yes. Yep. Yes. yep. Of course. Leprechaun 3 is the prequel to SpongeBob. <laughs> of course it is. And then Patchy the Pirate just gets the hell out of this movie. Rule number 11, get out. Get out! Congratulations. This guy survives. And you know what? The beauty of it, it there's a little bit of poetry here. Again, competent writing, folks. He was not greedy. This statue is easily worth more than 20 bucks, and the medallion around the neck, easily more than 20 bucks. He just takes a 20, he's like, gas money. I'm gone. I am out. That is the right move, especially in these Leprechaun movies. There's this recurring theme of greed and and gold overpowering the mind. This guy gets it. Oh, yeah, this guy absolutely gets it. Rule number 44 is don't get greedy. And almost every character in this movie does that. We got that from a Leprechaun movie. Leprechaun 2. So he warns Gupta not to take the medallion off the statue, and then he leaves, and he's out of the movie forever. Goodbye. Gupta immediately takes the medallion off of the statue. <laughs> immediately. As he turns around to like study the medallion, Leprechaun comes back to life from his statue form. We're just getting right into it. The first scene of the movie, and we're, Leprechaun's back. <sighs> so, okay, I, I've got a couple thoughts about this. Patchy the Pirate told him not to touch the medallion. However... I don't think that Gupta is in the wrong to take the medallion off the statue. I mean, this is a garden decoration, and until you know otherwise, it's a garden decoration. We don't know that we're supernatural yet. Yeah, Gupta has no reason to suspect he's in a leprechaun movie. The first two movies, like, nobody knows about those. They, it's not like they told the, the press that, hey, there was a killer leprechaun here. They kind of just covered up the whole thing and moved on with their lives. So there's no way for Gupta to know there's actual leprechauns. That's ridiculous. So Gupta turns back around and leprechaun is gone. Rule number one, Gupta, you are in a horror movie. Statues don't move. Nope. I mean, at best, at best, this is a Doctor Who uh, episode, and that's a weeping angel gone to find another victim. That's still a horror movie. That's And that's really bad. Yes. Statues don't move. <laughs> yep. When statues start moving and disappearing, you have a problem. <laughs> Pro tip. <laughs> Actually, I'll, I'll say it. Moving statues, a Leprechaun movie is probably the best case scenario for this guy. Yeah, I'd rather take on Leprechaun than the Weeping Angels. Yes, absolutely. So Leprechaun attacks him, bites Gupta's ear, beats his feet with a stick, and bites off his toe. Just really wrecks Gupta out the gate. And Gupta just kind of like lays there and takes it like a little bitch. It doesn't make any sense. So we, we gave you some leeway. We lent you some leash. And now we're bringing you back in. Gupta, what are you doing? Rule 17 is pretty simple. Try something. Never give up. The Never next give thing up. you try might work. He laid there. He let the leprechaun bite his toe off. He was immobile, but not because of magic, out of fear. So, I mean, clearly rule 10, don't panic don't going panic. on here. There's a ton of breaks. Gupta yep. is completely incompetent in this moment and is making pawn shop owners look awful everywhere. And they don't need any help with that. I apologize to any pawn shop owners who are listening to this podcast i'm sure some of you are lovely people like i said he gives you a bad name (laughs) you should be offended by this (laughs) so gupta accidentally like holds up the medallion and this stops leprechaun in his tracks okay great we've learned something here you have a weapon that you can use against leprechaun that's great accidentally rule number five lock and load you got something Mm -hmm. that's great and from now on rule uh I, i don't remember is it 21 learn from past events this will apply yep from now on not yet but now on Mark it. So use this thing, Gupta. It's your only advantage in this this fight. And this fight's going to go on for a while. A good chunk of the first act is just Gupta versus the Leprechaun. <laughs> Cut back to the pawn shop, just getting trashed by the Leprechaun and Gupta, just tussling for no reason. I think we all expected Gupta to die in this first scene. Yeah. He makes it like half an hour. Yeah. 
It, it's pretty wild. It's, it's a Leprechaun movie. It's though. a Leprechaun movie. So Leprechaun, he he grabs his gold. He he's got a big pot of gold with him magically, um, and he takes off running into the back of the pawn shop. But he drops one shilling on the floor and does not notice. And Gupta locks him in because Gupta has gotten greedy. Rule forty four. He wants the gold and he wants Leprechaun for some reason. Let him go, man. Let let him go. And let's use context. I mean, okay, one learn from past events. Patchy the pirate just walked in looking like he had a real rough go at it, dropped the leprechaun on your counter, took 20 bucks and left. If Patchy the pirate, who's clearly fallen on bad times, is dropping off this garden gnome, this overactive garden gnome, on your on your counter for 20 bucks and taking off, maybe it's best not to mess with it. Maybe. 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 But instead he's going to pull out the old floppy disk, stuff it in the computer, and get to learning about uh, creatures and legends. <laughs> yeah, and we'll get into that. That makes no sense. <laughs> So we cut to a girl named Tammy, who is a magician's assistant working in Las Vegas at a casino, and her car is broken down. She's trying to hitchhike. We have a rule about that. Uh, Rule 13, don't pick up hitchhikers, don't go hitchhiking, same thing. So all the people driving by, they're doing a good job, don't pick up up hitchhikers. Uh, Tammy, there's a payphone around, call a tow truck, or walk to work, something, don't hitchhike. There's a whole TV show called CSI that t- CSI Las Vegas, which gives you good reasons to not hitchhike in Las Vegas. Yes, <laughs> but she is nearly hit by a, a kid named Scott who's on his way to college in LA. Who, by the way, if he would have kept his eyes on the road, could have avoided this whole horror movie. It's that's very true. Uh, rule number thirty-seven: keep your eyes on the road. Uh, Scott last minute notices Tammy's car and manages to avoid an accident, but he does go off the road a bit. Yeah. And if he had just changed lanes, he would have been fine. Come on, guys. Remember, the best way to survive a horror movie is to avoid it altogether. Yeah. That's what we want. You don't want to be the main character in a horror movie. You want to be a <laughs> background extra that just walks on by. You want to be the neighbors in Halloween. You want to be the neighbors in Halloween, the gold standard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why Apache the Pirate is a early front runner to win the Randy Meese Merit Badge. Not going to lie. Scott takes a look at her car, and it's kind of shot, so he uh, gives her a ride to work. Don't pick a hitchhiker, Scott. Tammy could be a serial killer. Scott could be a serial killer. They could both be serial killers and fall in love with each other, realize they're cannibals, and then turn it in for their college final. <laughs> uh, Derek is referencing my uh, senior thesis film, which he, he just described the plot of. Taste of Love. Uh, classic film. Uh, so we cut back to Gupta, who is using a computer program. He happens to have like a CD about, uh, it's called like Legends and Folklore. You didn't have that on your shelf growing up? No, I didn't. <laughs> Fun fact. I had the Oregon Trail. <laughs> I had the Oregon Trail as well. And he just opens up the Leprechaun chapter, and this computer program is going to give us all the exposition we could ever want. <laughs> In, like, the Macintosh voice. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, I, I want all exposition delivered like this. It'd be a on. floppy disk on, like, Windows yep. 95. Yep. <laughs> even if it takes place present day, even if it takes place in the 1600s, Pirates of the Caribbean 6, I want all exposition <laughs> delivered like this. And meanwhile, Lep is counting his gold, and he's like, oh, no, I'm missing a shilling. Except he's much more angry about it, and actually kind of terrifying. <laughs> and Gupta's loading his gun. He's locking and loading. He's got a gun. He's got a medallion. What else do you need? You should just leave your store, bro. Yeah. Just get out of here. Yeah. Uh, so Lep decides to hide his gold in his safe for safekeeping until he can find his last shilling. Okay, fair enough. And Gupta, he's learning from this program, uh, the power lies in his gold and leprechauns love potatoes, which isn't relevant really, but, you know. It is what it is. We're learning. Again, this is for us. This is for us. Uh, but he ends up finding the lost shilling. Oh, and we also learn that uh, each person, for every shilling they have, they get one wish per shilling. And that's going to be like the big 
component of this movie, which is I also think the best part of this movie is this storyline where they get wishes. That that's fun. It, yeah, I mean, Aladdin was a fun movie. There's that episode of The Witcher. That was a really good episode of The Witcher. Fairly Odd with, Parents. With the gin. Fairly Odd Parents was a great show. Give absolute power to people who don't realize they have absolute power or have no idea how to harness it, and you can be in for a good time as long as you keep an open mind. And I love that everybody in this movie was dreaming small. Yep. Like, you can tell they've all been living in Vegas for a while because their dreams are <laughs> marginally better than where they were at. Hey, low expectations, the key to happiness. Absolutely. So Gupta goes in the back to hunt down Leprechaun and get the gold. <sighs> Stupid. Why are you doing this? If he's the owner of the pawn shop, yeah, you might want to get the guy out of here. But if you're just an employee, get the hell out of here, man. <laughs> I mean, yes, you know, rule three, do your damn job. I understand that keeping the shop, you know, whatever that means, you're the keeper of the shop. This could be his livelihood. Yes. Probably is. So you, you need to expunge the invader. I get it. You have the shilling. I think maybe the best thing you can try to do is be like, yo, I'm keeping this medallion. Take your shilling. Get out of my life. Yep. Leave. That's the best move. And uh, there's no guarantee that this leprechaun is going to go for that. We know that he's uh, vindictive. Oh, yeah. he, he carries vendettas, holds grudges. And, and, I mean, you know, if I was a supernatural being and people was always stealing my gold, I might be a little bit razzed too. But try to negotiate. Don't be greedy. Patch the pirate got away. Yes, he did. Could work for you too, Gupta. Uh, Scott and Tammy arrive at the Lucky Shamrock Hotel because, of course, it's the Lucky Shamrock. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? And Tammy's like, hey... Don't go gambling. You're too young to be gambling. Tam- he's, he's not even 21. Yeah, he's 18, probably. Tammy's probably in her mid-20s. This this wide-eyed kid, you know, like a kid in a candy store. She's like, okay, you know, don't do anything dumb. She's, she's kind of street smart, Tammy. Scott is not. Scott is not. He, he is the wide-eyed, bushy-tailed teen that you just mentioned. Scotty doesn't know. Scott. <laughs> that was really rad. That was rad. I like that. <laughs> so as they're going in... Uh, Scott's like, hey, maybe after your your magic show, I'll come watch it and I'll take you out to dinner. I got to stop you right there, Ryan. Rule 22, take the shot. Absolutely. You got to take the shot because Tammy is way out of your league. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, he he went for it and she's... She's like, yeah, sure. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Just Uh, don't do anything stupid. Yeah. Don't don't go gambling all of your money away. Yes. Which would never happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a dumb kid. He doesn't have any money, right? Right. (laughs) Meanwhile, back at the pawn shop, Leprechaun, he manipulates a Cupid statue to fire an arrow at Gupta, hits him in the hand. Gupta, man, buddy, you got to get out of here. You're outmatched. You're getting your shit wrecked. You're going to be patchy 2.0 if you keep this up. (laughs) Leprechaun then proceeds to blow up Gupta's gun. There goes that weapon. So, okay, guns don't work. Maybe diplomacy is the right move here. Or try to put the necklace back on him because that turned him into a stone before. Yep. Excellent theory, Derek. (laughs) Do you think he's going to try these things? Nope. Not well. (laughs) But he does stick the medallion in Leprechaun's mouth, which makes it look like he's puking up shamrock shakes. Yeah, I'm not sure. I hope it was shamrock shakes. That'd be great. It's where McDonald's got the idea. Fuck, dude. That's so gross. <laughs> Never eat a shamrock shake again. And and Gupta retreats. Lives to fight another day. Or, you know, in like three more minutes. Gupta, you gotta stop this, man. So we meet Loretta and Fazio. Loretta is a... a runs a roulette wheel. She's like a dealer. But, you know, for a roulette, I don't know what you would call that. Casino employee. And she's played by Caroline Williams, who played Stretch in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which is Derek's favorite movie of all time. If you were to take that on opposite day, absolutely. Texas Chainsaw 2 was the worst movie I ever watched. I will never watch it again. And Leprechaun 3 is the best movie you've ever watched. Oh my god, Carolyn Williams. (laughs) 
she she really knows how to run the spectrum. <laughs> and and she's kind of just like she's like a, a con woman, kind of like sleazy, like oh I'm I'm gonna trick you. So okay, if there are any fans of the musical Annie out there, uh, Fazio and Loretta, they're kind of like Rooster Hannigan and Lily St. Regis, except you take their intellects and you switch them around. So she's kind of the smart, savvy one, and then he's kind of the dolt with with no plan. But you know, he he, he fumbles his way through it. But they're they're charming in their own like Vegas sleazy kind of way. You don't completely hate them, but they're definitely not good people. They're like they they remind me of Jesse and James from Team Rocket. Absolutely. Uh, if you if you were to bring this down to G rating, it, they would be Jesse and James. Uh, yeah. So I, I I love these two. They're a lot of fun. Loretta, she's got like body image issues where she's like, man, I wish I was young and hot again. And I'm like, Caroline Williams, you are young and hot. Like, what are you talking about? And plus. Fazio, this this guy with the, this this inflated ego, this is not who you should be talking to about any sort of body issues that you have. You need to be working through that with a professional, somebody or, more supportive, or somebody who's actually supportive. Because Fazio just wants to run you down. Yeah, Fazio's it, a dick bag. Yeah, it's it's a doggy dog world, and Fazio wants to eat all of you. And Fazio is a magician. He he runs the show that uh, Tammy is his assistant. He's a terrible magician. He's a second rate, Sec- yeah, third rate at best. Yeah, he's he's in the back room. He's not even in the big casino. He's in yeah. uh, the Shamrock Thirteen or what whatever. Uh, it was. Lucky Shamrock. Lucky Shamrock Casino. Um, it's not even a real one. Yeah, it's a shitty casino. But Fazio is very funny. Yes. <laughs> Uh, anytime the, either of these two are on screen, I'm having a good time. Mm-hmm. Fazio wants to do this new flamethrower trick where he puts Tammy in a box and lights her on fire. Tammy, don't do it. Yeah, you don't get paid enough for this. R- R- Tammy, rule number three, do your damn job, but don't die in the process. This guy's a third-rate magician, and he wants to burn you alive. Nope. And we also learned that trap doors don't work. Yep. The- this is bad. But then the owner of the casino, Mitch, comes in, and he's a real, he's another sleazy guy. Las Vegas businessman, just all around kind of a sleazy guy, a cheat. Um, but he's like, yeah, you're not lighting Tammy on fire because I got the hots for Tammy. Hey, Tammy, baby. It's like, ooh, okay. I didn't mind Mitch overall as a character because he has that charisma. He has that sleazy car salesman. I like that in my movies. He's fun to hate. Like, it's, yeah. Like, he's not... You're not miserable when he's on screen. It's like, you're a sleaze and you're going to get what's coming to you. You don't want him to win. Yeah. And, oh. you, and you know the movie's not going to let him Absolutely win. Absolutely not. But it's not miserable to watch him like it was miserable to watch, like, uh, was it the the coroners or the EMTs in the Halloween reboot? Like, Ooh. that's just not fun to watch. Yeah. That, that was just gross. Yeah. Scott, meanwhile, has a $23,000 check from his parents that is going to pay for his uh, housing and tuition for college. Let's blow it all on the roulette wheel. Hmm. Rule thirty-two: Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yeah, that is. You know that uh, that applies. That applies. Um, in horror movies, and in this case, how to survive life. If you have your tuition check in your hand, how about you don't blow it on roulette? Parents, don't give your kid a twenty-three thousand dollars check. That was a bad call. Yeah, you should have just wired that to the school. I wire think that, wire that. Mitchie's Scott. He's like, hey, aren't you a little young? Oh, you have a $23,000 check. You're you're old enough to play gamble here. Uh, you can cash your check over that office. Now it's like, rule three, do your damn job, but... Mitch is making the casino money. Yeah, yeah, you know. It's not his job to check the, uh, check the IDs. <laughs> Somebody else's job who clearly <laughs> Mitch didn't bother to hire. <laughs> Spared no expense. Spared all expense. <laughs> so, uh, and then we meet Art and Tony. Art is some sort of mobster guy, and Tony's his hired thug. And the two of them have come to collect some money from Mitch. 
Never find out how much. We, uh, we never find out how much. And probably they, about Tree Fitty. About Tree Fitty. Art's definitely the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> and they agree, hey, we'll meet up in a couple of hours and you can give us the money then. Otherwise, Tony's going to kill you. <laughs> and these two, I don't know what their deal is. Are they even in a Leprechaun movie or are they just doing their own like Laurel and Hardy routine? I think they think they're in a Godfather movie or they think they're in some kind of organized crime movie. And they're doing their best even though they never quite fit in in mob school. These are the class clowns at mob school. <laughs> yes. I, I think they're both very funny. They uh, are. They're, they're, they're only in like three or four scenes, but they're fun. They are unnecessarily likable. Yep. They, they didn't need to add in the dialogue that they did and the interactions that they did and make them so goofy, but they did. It is fun seeing them pick on Mitch. Yes. And the leprechaun, actually, because yes. those two are, are worse characters than Tony and Art. Tony and Art are not good people, but it is fun to watch these lesser bads pick on the bigger bads <laughs> thinking that they're the bigger bads yeah. so that's fun so scott he gambles at loretta's table and unfortunately loretta has got this table a rig to cheat and mitch knows about this too or there's a magnet underneath to prevent people from winning probably got that magnet from fazio because magnets yeah that's how they do all their magic not looking good for the old scott <sighs> by the, the way if you're gonna do it don't don't bet on a number you gotta do on red or black yeah don't gamble your tuition money here's the thing with gambling you just got to spend money uh it's fine if you lose you got to assume you're gonna lose so just bring in a little bit and 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 think of it you're paying for some entertainment that's how i always look at when i go to the casino i'm paying for a night of entertainment i'm gonna have some fun i'm probably gonna lose everything and that's okay i'll bring in like 80 bucks tops and i'll probably lose it all but i'm gonna have a good time not 23 grand right I just drink my weight in soda and make up the difference that way. There you go. <laughs> you, you blow 80 on one spin on the on the wheel and then just watch your friends lose all their money slowly while you sip on your caffeinated beverage. <laughs> Complimentary. On the house. Well, we're all going to bleed dry and it's going to be fun. We're going to have a fun time <laughs> doing it, but not 23 grand worth. That's insane. Unless you can afford it, then more power to you. Yeah, more power to you, but Scott can't afford it. No. Scotty doesn't know. So Gupta lets Leprechaun out of the back room to negotiate terms. And Gupta's like, all right, you can have the medallion. I get half the gold. And Leprechaun's like, no, fuck that. And Gupta's like, hey, that's the only offer I got. Fine. Oh, you can have half the gold, but you got to set down the medallion. <sighs> Rule number seven, don't leave your weapon behind. Firmly grasp it. This, this, whole, this whole negotiation was bad to begin with because... I'll give you the medallion for half your gold. Okay, well then what's to stop him from killing you and taking his half the gold back? The medallion is what was keeping you safe. I, I, no, no, Gupta, you are, again, making pawn shop owners everywhere look bad. Uh, Rick from Pawn Stars, you know, he'd be like, best I got for you, 80 80 gold pieces, and I keep the medallion. I got a pawn shop to run here. Thank you. I I was glad you made the reference because I was going to, (laughs) I was seconds away from making a reference. Best I can do. (laughs) And then you know that Chum walks in, he's like, whoa, is that a real leprechaun? And then he would know everything about the medallion and the gold. We wouldn't even need the Windows 95. The Windows 95 program needs to be Chum's face and Chum's voice. We found the crossover event I've always wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Leprechaun and Pawn Stars. Yes! I'm on board for this. I would watch the shit out of this. Uh, This is the worst idea slash best idea that's ever been had. So Gupta doesn't have any cards to play here. No. His negotiation means like, hey, here's your shilling. I keep the medallion. You get out of here. Done. It's as good as it's going to get. It's as good as it's going to get. But no, Gupta puts down the medallion and Leprechaun uses his magical bullshit to like use a fishing hook to uh, whip the medallion away and then attacks Gupta. And Gupta's got nothing left. He left his weapons behind. 
And again, th this whole negotiation was bad. All the leprechaun did was skip step two, where he gives up fifty shillings of the gold because he would have had the he would have had the medallion anyway, and it wouldn't have mattered. So whatever. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yes. Gupta, you're a moron. So Scott ends up losing all of his money because Loretta's cheating, of course. And also you're playing roulette. Yep. So Scott goes across the street to the pawn shop to pawn his watch that his grandpa gave him for graduating college. Which, by the way, Loretta, solid move. You've got this guy hook, line, and sinker. You definitely uh, learned some stuff from Mitch. Not probably from Fazio, but make your grandpa proud. Turn it around. Become a winner. Yeah, she manipulates him into, like, keep going. Yeah, she'd be real good at Survivor. This, this movie is very anti-casinos. And anti-U.S. healthcare system. Very but, much so. But we'll, but we'll get into that we'll later. We'll get into that. So Gupa tries to get to the phone to call for help, which you should have done a long time ago, buddy. Yeah, like when the leprechaun was locked in your storeroom. Yeah, but before he can, leprechaun ends up strangling him to death. And that is the end of Gupta. <sighs> Gupta, Gupta, Gupta. How many rules have you broken? All of them. <laughs> uh, he should have got out a long time ago. And he got greedy, he played a stupid game, and he won a stupid prize. He didn't learn from past events. I mean, the, the list really goes on. And, you know, he probably did only break, like, ten rules. I mean, I know I'm saying only. Only ten but out you of gotta remember, 49. He's been breaking these same ten rules for the first third of the movie. Yep. Because we kept getting interspliced with character introductions and then random tussle with the leprechaun. I was just kind of happy that the Charlie Chaplin film was kind of over because it was just way too goofy. <laughs> it, it was so silly. And honestly, I'm a little disappointed in the leprechaun. All that. You end up strangling him with the cord. It's a lame I mean, kill. Lame kill. Unless they were making fun of every death in a crime movie ever, or a crime show ever in the 90s, I don't know. But I know why phones went cordless. Yeah. You can't pull off this kill anymore. <laughs> I'd like to see the leprechaun do it, though. Oh, you think I can't strangle you with the cord there, laddie? I guess you could use a, a charger cord. So Scott enters the pawn shop. Immediately finds Goop to dead. Rule number one, Scott, you're in a horror movie. You are in a horror movie. Now, we don't know it's a Leprechaun movie yet. It's probably just an episode of CSI, if we're being honest. Yeah, you could be in the uh, the, the opening scene. You could be in, 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 that that bit where the guy comes in with the, the glasses yep. and says a pun. Like, yep. this guy wasn't so lucky. Wow! That's East Side Miami. It's very <laughs> different. Very different. <laughs> Whatever. I tried. So Scott calls the police uh, and ends up finding the computer program as well. And he learns leprechauns are very territorial. If there's two of them, they don't like it. That definitely won't come into play. No foreshadowing. No foreshadowing whatsoever. He also finds the shilling. And as the computer program tells him, hey, yeah, you get one wish per shilling. Scott's like, oh, okay. I wish I was back at the casino on a winning streak. And just as Leprechaun comes flying in with an axe to kill Scott, Scott, the magic bullshit is back at the casino and winning at roulette. Now guess what, Scott? You are still in a horror movie. And now you just know that there's magic involved. This is bad. Scott gets greedy. He, oh, absolutely. And to be fair, he was in a desperate situation. It's like, can I get this money back quick? I can kind of understand why he puts the horror movie stuff on the back burner. And it's going to work out for him. But at the same time, Scott, Scotty doesn't know. Scotty doesn't know. And also, there's still a dead body. Yep. Also, you just got teleported across the street. And he kind of just takes it in stride. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. It's a good quality to have in life, be able to take things in stride. And another thing, he almost died. If it wasn't for his impeccable timing with the magic wish, Leprechaun would have chopped him up with an axe. And Scotty doesn't know. And Scotty doesn't even know. 
So Scott starts winning, and his coin, his shilling kind of directs him where to put his tokens. Think of like a Ouija board, except on a roulette board. And uh, Loretta notices this, and she's like, oh, I I want that shilling. Solid. Yeah. Solid observation skills. If I saw a magic shilling that would tell me how to place bets, I'd want it too. Yeah, but I probably wouldn't want to cross the person who had it. I would would be probably too scared. Yeah. Uh, Again, Loretta should know that she's in a movie of some kind. Maybe not necessarily a horror movie. At best, a goofy comedy starring Mark Ruffalo. It's a, it's a prequel to Now You See Me. <laughs> yes. She's in a prequel to Now You See Me, at best. But at worst, you're in, I don't know if it's a leprechaun movie, but at worst, you're in some kind of supernatural, demonic horror sure. film. And you don't get paid that much. You don't get paid nearly just, enough. Just work the table and go home. So Scott starts winning like crazy and ends up winning over $100,000. That's more than enough. To... Congratulations. You just played your, your entire college off. Yeah. <laughs> You, Must be nice. Congratulations, Scotty. You unplayed yourself. You unplayed yourself. And Mitch just closes the table because he realizes, oh, this, this cheating system isn't working anymore. So he shuts it down and he starts sweet-talking Scott. Hey, here's a free room. Come back in a couple hours and keep keep your winning streak going, huh, bud? Scott and Tammy meet back up and Tammy's mad. Like, you said you weren't going to gamble. He's like, look how much I won. I'm going to give you some. Okay. All right, Mr. Wide-Eye and Bushy-Tail. Tammy, keep this going. I I don't know. There are no words. (laughs) Oh, and Scott casually mentions the dead guy across the street, but again, they kind of just brush past that. Oh, yeah, there's a dead guy on the floor, but I have this magic coin, and now I have money. Meet me in my room later. But uh, Tammy's like, okay, they're going to try and steal this money from this dumbass kid. Scott, go in your room, lock the door, and don't let anybody in except me. Okay? Okay, bye. Scott's not going to do that. By the way, uh, this is Tammy doing a really good job of trusting no one. Yep. She's obviously learning from past events. Rule because 24, trust no one. Everybody's a suspect! Trust no one and learning from past events. She knows that these this casino is like this and these people are like this and they're going to try and work him or uh, rake him over the coals. And she likes Scotty. She's trying to help him, but she's not really putting herself in harm's way. She's like, you know what? I got a job to do. So she is doing her job while trying her best to help this poor kid. Yep. Good on Tammy. I like Tammy. Tammy's a nice person. Yeah. Scott is too, but Scott's a dumbass. Mm-hmm. So Scott goes and cashes all his chips in. And meanwhile, Leprechaun's outside hanging out with Elvis for some reason. <laughs> hey, hey, you're pretty good at that impression. Next time you do it, make sure you don't do it for free. <laughs> and then they both, like, point at the camera. And then Leprechaun makes a quip, Ah, Vegas. My favorite town or something. <laughs> so Fazio's doing a magic trick, and Leprechaun comes in, and Leprechaun magically puts green poop in Fazio's hand. I think this was literally just a poop joke because... Yep, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> Don't know why I was here, but sure. Fazio, you should know something weird is going on. Someone just magically put poop in your hand. You were out-magicked by someone who used real magic. It's weird. You're in a movie, and probably not a good one. They just put poo in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> when you say it like that, yeah. If you, if you boil it down, you're, you're in a movie. Well, you're definitely in a movie. Not a good movie. Probably straight to video. <laughs> Which means it's a horror sequel. <laughs> By process of elimination alone, Fazio should be long gone, but he's a moron. So Loretta recruits Fazio to rob Scott. And they, they agree to split the money 50-50, but Loretta gets the gold shilling. So rule four, don't be a menace. Yeah, yeah don't be a menace. Come if on, you... Jesse James, you know what happens. You never get Pikachu. Why don't you just straighten your lives out? Yeah, then this goes for the two of them and Mitch. They hadn't been greedy, being menaces, robbing people. They wouldn't be in this situation. Right. So, just... Which, and I get it, in, in your classic Vegas trope, like, everyone's got to scrape by. You got to play by Vegas's rules. Yeah. You know, you, you got to do what you got to do to get ahead. But there is also a point. 
running a, a, a sketchy casino is one thing that's maybe it's below the line, but you know maybe not so below the line. But literally breaking into a eighteen-year-old kid's room and like mugging him—bad dick move. So Lep is playing craps, and Art and Tony come by and harass him for being tiny and trying to muscle him out of his spot. And Leprechaun like does some magic and makes coins start falling out of Tony's mouth like a slot machine. Yeah, he puts a coin in and he pulls on his ear and then he starts spitting out coins. Sure. Okay. Why not? And I honestly thought that this was going to this was going to kill Tony. Nope, he's fine. It's just a it was a semi-harmless practical <laughs> joke. Uh, meanwhile, Fazio sneaks into Scott's room because Scott didn't lock the goddamn door. Lock your doors. Rule number 25, lock your goddamn doors. Now, to give him some credit, later on, we do see Loretta pick a lock sure. in order to get into Mitch's room. So we're assuming that Fazio, even a third-rate magician, can probably pick a lock. Sure. But he just strolls right on in. Yeah, we don't see him picking the lock. And because Scott has been shown to be nothing but a dumbass, I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt. There is none. So Fazio finds the shilling. Scott walks in on him. And so Fazio just like punches him and then throws some smoke in the air like our true magician and vanishes. It's great. And as the smoke clears, Leprechaun enters the room. Because, of course, he does. Why not? So, Leprechaun immediately just bites Scott, asking for the shilling. Scott, you're in a horror movie, dude. You've never left. You are in a horror movie. You gotta kill a Leprechaun in your hands. Bad. Now, good on Scott. He locks and loads. He grabs a knife. Yeah. Stabs it right in the Leprechaun's forehead. This is the move. Yep. Might this... be Scott's best move of the movie. Yeah, because, I mean, it's a butter knife. I mean, normally we would say decapitation, dismemberment. I mean, you know, no holds bar, no half measures. Destroy this thing. But this is a butter knife. This is all you can do. So a bunch of blood comes out. It lands in Scott's bite. That's not great. Then Scott throws Leprechaun right out the window. (laughs) I like it. Hey, you know, that would kill a normal person. Right. And you don't know that you're in a supernatural horror movie yet. So all you know so far is that you got bit, you stabbed it in the forehead, you yeeted it out the window. Hey, congratulations. The horror movie's over, right? It must be. Oh, no. That's supernatural. So Scott ends up calling security, and he's like, yeah, I just got attacked by a leprechaun, and they hang up on him. Rule number nine, be careful what you say and how you say it. Hey, someone broke into my room and attacked me. Done. That's all you needed to say. That's it. And then when they show up to take your statement, you can be like, yeah, it was a little person. They were dressed as a leprechaun. Yeah, it's. I know it sounds crazy, but This yeah. is Vegas, baby. This is some lunatic is dressed as a leprechaun running around. Should be easy to find. If you say it right, people believe you. You have to know how you sound. I feel like we talk about this one almost every horror movie. Yeah. You gotta be careful what you say. Be self-aware. And then Scott also realizes the shilling is missing and that Fazio stole it. So, not great. There goes uh, your, your good luck on the roulette table. So Scott starts to change. This is actually kind of like a werewolf movie as well, but it's a weird leprechaun movie. <laughs> I don't know if we needed that, but we're here now. <laughs> So Scott starts to starts to slowly change into leprechaun-ish territory. But of course, Scotty doesn't know. Yes. Because he can't ever put two and three together. But to be fair, who would possibly predict a were leprechaun? Uh, nobody. <laughs> exactly nobody. You're still in a horror movie. I don't know what kind. At this point, that whole like rolling with the punches thing, that's gonna come in handy. That's true. That's true. That is you know, Scott's one of Scott's two positive qualities, rolling with the punches and just being a nice guy. Uh, <laughs> that first one's finally going to come in handy. And you know what? Those two qualities will get you really far in life as long as you can mitigate the, the, the self-destruction along the way. Hopefully he learns a few street smarts from Tammy in this movie. And then Scott will be a great functioning adult. They will be a great like tag team duo if they get out of this alive. Yeah. Spoiler alert, they're going to. <laughs> 
So Loretta tells Fazio the coin has powers. Loretta, you just played yourself. Why would you tell him that? Bad. But she tries to use it on the wheel, and it, it doesn't work because you got to make the wish, obviously. So Fazio leaves, and Mitch shows up, and he's like, hey, since you haven't gotten that money back that you lost, I'm going to take this gold coin and hold it hostage until you give me my money back. And through a very weird conversational circumstances, uh, series of events. Stonehenge magic bullshit. <laughs> Not quite. Word, but it, wordsmith bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> magic writing. The magic of writing. Between the two of them, they have a weird conversation. And Mitch ends up saying, while well, he's holding the coin, yeah, I wish I could get with Tammy. This and, is going to end well. Oh, yes. And all of a sudden, Tammy is like, wait, what? And like magical bullshit. And she's all of a sudden super attracted to Mitch and wants to get with him. He just wished for someone to fall in love with him, and it uh, it worked to an annoying degree. An oh, obnoxious yeah. degree. Uh, an unsexy degree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, gross. I'm judging Mitch a bit. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, this is the Harry Potter love potion, except we'll bump it up to, like, it's R-rated. Yeah. It's R-rated. It's not quite, like, X-rated, but yeah. it's R-rated. Yeah, it's, 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 it's heading that direction, though. Yeah. So they uh, they go get in the elevator, and they're going to go up to Mitch's room. And Loretta figures out, oh, you got a wish while holding it. That's how it works. Again, Loretta, you're smart. She, she's smart. Uh, rule number two, constant vigilance. She's uh, she's putting two and seven together. Except she's using it to break rule four. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? You got to survive in this town somehow. Yes. And meanwhile, uh, Mitch, while he's up with Tammy, he's missing his meeting with Art and Tony, who are not very happy about it. But having a wonderful conversation about underwear yes and and you know do you let it hang loose or do you like a little bit of support it's a wonderful conversation these two are wonderful we need a spin-off sitcom starring art and tony i agree <laughs> we, we need how did what led them to this point yes how did the prequel, they get here the prequel origin film art and tony origins so mitch and tammy they're they're making out in mitch's room loretta sneaks in and steals the shilling and leaves, and this breaks the the, the wish because the, the the coin is no longer Mitch's possession. I, apparently, this is how it works. Um, Loretta's got it now, so Mitch's wish is over. So Tammy kind of snaps out of it, and, and she, not a second too soon. Yeah, because it was about to get rated X. But Tammy is like, "Oh, you fucking drugged me, you piece of shit!" And then she knees him in the balls, and then he fires her. And this is just a series of unfortunate events. Because, yeah, Tammy had Neem in the balls, fair enough, but Mitch didn't drug her. Mitch didn't know what was happening, so this just sucks for everybody. Mitch, you know that this isn't right. I mean, if this wasn't a Leprechaun movie, Tammy probably was drugged with something. And and he never even knew that it was the coin. He never even finds out about this. Yeah, I don't think Mitch ever really knows he's in a horror movie. He never knows he's in a movie. He just thinks he's in Vegas. Like, this is life. This is a typical night in Vegas. So, anyway, yeah, Tammy ends up leaving, and she's pretty distraught. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I feel real bad for Tammy here, because she's going to tell Scott this is not the first time this kind of thing has happened, but this is the first time she's been fired. So, yikes. Poor Tammy. Yeah. Uh, though, like, the one moment in this entire movie where things get a little bit serious. Yeah. It's just like, oh, fuck, man. Uh, show business sucks. Fuck show business. So, Scott, he ends up waking up, and his wound is super fucked up. Yeah, it's like rotting. Probably should go to the hospital. Do something. But he wants taters, precious. 
you know, when you got the hunger, you got the hunger. So he just starts picking out on potatoes. He has some delivered to his room, and then he goes down to the restaurant and just eats a fuck ton of potatoes because he's turning into a leprechaun. And also, he won $100,000 at the casino, so he can buy at least a dinner at Vegas. And then his Irish accent is coming in and out, which is very fun. He's got to work on it. He's, he's got to work, work on it. <laughs> it. It's fun, though. It's fun. Meanwhile, Leprechaun sneaks into Mitch's room and magically adjusts the TV to start flirting with Mitch. And then all of a sudden, a girl is coming out of the TV and making out with Mitch. Uh, and Mitch kind of assumes he's dreaming, which is fair. I think I would assume I was dreaming too if a woman started coming out of uh, started coming out of my TV to make out with me. I would assume I'm dreaming. And Inception hasn't come out yet, so he doesn't know to, uh, about totems or uh, uh, calls that you can give yourself to know if you're even lucid dreaming, right? Yep. And he's had a rough night. Maybe he just wants a good dream. You're in a horror movie or in a really bad dream. It's kind of a good dream at first, it seems. It's just it's the hot shit coming out of the TV. I can't give him enough leeway where I say that he believed that he was in a dream. I, I, I don't know. I, I just think what other possible explanation could there be that is... I, honestly, the dream is the more likely scenario than a killer leprechaun is manipulating your TV. <laughs> I mean, you say it out loud. <laughs> when, when, when you say it out loud, yes, but you drop the leprechaun part. What is the most likely possibility? He, does, dream. he doesn't know he's in a movie. I don't like admitting that you're right, but he was just awake. Like, I don't... He's drinking, too. Yeah. I, I don't know what to say. I, it's just the thing that make, would make the most sense is it's a dream. Whatever. We're here. It's a leprechaun movie, folks. Uh, so meanwhile, Loretta tells Scott, hey, yeah, Tammy's up in Mitch's room, and they're getting it on. And Scott's like, wait, what the fuck? Uh, I'm going to go check on Tammy. So Scott finds Tammy in the elevator crying and, you know, she kind of explains to him what happened a little bit. And Scott's like, well, fuck that. He can't get away with it. Let's go. I don't know what his plan is, but they're going to go confront Mitch. It's the weirdest, most awkward white knighting I've ever seen in a movie or read in a book or really consumed ever in my life. Because Tammy ends up back in the elevator to go confront her recent sexual assaulter or at least from her perspective from her perspective yeah and they they end up in the elevator going back up together and they're both okay with this what are they gonna do yeah what is your plan what is the grandmaster plan by the way your arm is still like rotting inside out yeah scott i i i mean i commend you for your priorities sure yeah scott's a nice guy but you're dying man or you're turning into a leprechaun which is probably worse (laughs) you don't know that you're turning into a leprechaun you're dying (laughs) But they're going to go up and confront Mitch, I guess. And it turns out the sexy lady that's making out with Mitch has been a fembot the entire time. Any Austin Powers fans out there? <laughs> yeah, somehow sexy lady turns into a killer robot, a killer sex robot thing. And Leprechaun shows up. Mitch, you're either having a nightmare or you're in a horror movie <laughs> at this point. It's too late to do anything. The, the robot will execute Mitch to death and he's dead. Yep. I got nothing for Mitch. Yeah, he didn't even have a chance to know he was in a movie. Yeah, I mean he's a, a kind of, he's a scumbag kind of piece of shit. He's definitely a menace, but that didn't have anything to do with this horror movie death. Right. I I would say don't be a menace. You wouldn't be in this job. You wouldn't be in this place. Um, I, but that's more of a lifestyle choice that led you to this sure. moment rather than something that uh kept you from getting out of this movie or escaping the movie or fighting against the movie. By the time he knew he was in a horror movie, he was too late. Yes. Pinned down by a fembot. What are you going to do? So Scott and Tammy come in and they find Mitch dead and Lep appears. Scott, you're in a horror movie. (laughs) Here's your third reminder. You're you're still here. So Scott, he ends up throwing a statue at Leprechaun. Hey, whatever works, man. Yeah. 
Lock and load. The two of them escape the room as Art and Tony enter, fed up. They're fed up with waiting for Mitch. And they're like, oh, you're that little shit who turned me into a slot machine earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Saying it out loud. (laughs) (laughs) And so Leprechaun just stabs Tony in the eyeball. And Art's like, oh, shit, we're in a horror movie. Mm. And he pulls out his gun, locks and loads. And Leprechaun just immediately knocks it out of his hand. Firmly grasp it. Yeah, rule seven. Don't leave it open behind. And then Leprechaun just beats Art and Tony to death. It's kind of lackluster, not going to lie. Yeah, this was the the laziest kills of the movie. Yeah. Especially because Art and Tony were more fun than they should have been. Yeah. They- I, I wanted a bigger arc for them. Honestly, I wanted them to be in the big battle where they're they're coming around. And maybe Tony wants to turn his life around and become a Broadway actor or something. And I wanted them to save the day and I live. Did, I and did, live. too. I did, too. They beat the shit out of Leprechaun. That'd be great. I'm in. I'm here for it. But instead, they're dead. Yep, they're dead. And for Art and Tony... Art dropped his weapon. I, I guess, again, it's the, it's the same thing as Mitch. Like, don't be in the shady casino business, and I guess you won't be with the kind of people that this would happen to. But, like, this is a Leprechaun movie. Like, this doesn't happen to anybody. So, yeah. like, it's, it's nothing they did. Yeah, they, if they weren't here to extort money out of Mitch, which he owed them anyway. Right. So if they weren't in this business, yeah. So don't be menace. And then Art, don't drop your weapon. But it was a gun. It wouldn't have done anything anyway. Right. So... Not much for Art and Tony. Not much. A little little bit more than Mitch, but not much. Yeah. So Scott, he's continuing to change into a wear leprechaun, which is not great. Uh, and Loretta, she's got the shilling now because she stole it from Mitch's room. And she wishes to be young and hot again. Caroline Williams, you're already young and hot. But yeah, she takes off the, the wig she's wearing and puts on a tight blue dress. And that's that. And again, you get one wish and this is what you wish for. Like, come on. But at least it was set up. Yeah, it was, it, it, it was set up. Again, this movie, it, although not good, competent. It was, there. there's a, a structure. Yes. It's a noted structure here. And the structure doesn't really, it has one flaw, which I'll bring up in a minute, but really, like, it makes sense. <laughs> as much sense as this, because we're, I mean, we're taking a lot of pot shots here. At, yes. And we're, we're landing all of them because this movie doesn't try to defend itself. Oh, no. It's uh, low-hanging fruit and it knows it. <laughs> but it, it's a fun movie and it is competent. Yes. And that's what matters. So Loretta, she goes to show off the Fazio, and he realizes, oh, it's the coin. And he just kind of just yanks it right out of her hand and takes off running. <laughs> uh, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, and uh, constant vigilance, I guess? Because she's being pretty careless. Yeah, I mean, She's she... flipping the coin in the air. So this is the one thing that doesn't make sense. Is we, I think we have two scenes that should be reversed. Because Fazio is going to wish he's the greatest ma- magician in the world. That should mean Loretta's wish goes away. That's what's been established so far. And that's not the case. Next, we're going to get Loretta's death scene. So I kind of wish they had reversed this. It would make more sense if we get Loretta's death scene and then we get Fazio's wish. That would make more sense. Well, and yeah, and and the consistency because before it was when Mitch lost possession of the coin. Yeah. So it it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. Um, The one thing that kind of bugs me, really bugs me about this movie. Honestly, I hadn't even realized it until you said it. um, Sorry about it. Because this movie has more pressing deficiencies <laughs> um but i can understand like if you're gonna if you're gonna keep it consistent and make that a, a theme of the movie keep it consistent she should have gone back yes uh so fazio he wishes to be the greatest magician in the world meanwhile as loretta admires herself in the mirror leprechaun shows up for the best scene of the movie and he proceeds to inflate loretta's breasts her butt and her lips until she is like a basically a huge balloon too big to get out of the door of her dressing room and blows up. My words cannot do this kill justice, so look up 
uh, Leprechaun 3 death scene, and this will be the one to show up. <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, I know I'm making a ton of Harry Potter references, but again, remember when the ant blew up in the third movie and just floats away and doesn't die? This is, again, the rated R version of that where she explodes and dies. And this is the better scene than the Harry Potter one. There, I said it. Leprechaun 3 did something better than Harry Potter. I would agree. I didn't really like that scene either. In Harry Potter? Yeah. Better in the books. Prisoner of Azkaban is the worst Harry Potter movie. Don't at me. Best Harry Potter movie. At me. (laughs) Actually, go ahead and at me. I don't apologize. Prisoner of Azkaban. (laughs) Not counting Fantastic Beasts series even counting the first one not counting crimes of grindelwald because crimes of grindelwald sucks but prisoner of azkaban is the worst harry potter movie all right i said it <laughs> so scott and tammy they go across the street to the pawn shop because they're like that's where all this started uh let's go see what we can find over there and there's that computer program still running giving us exposition to destroy the leprechaun you got to destroy the gold and and before we go any further i'm trying to um the way that I like to gauge how the characters are doing, it's based on motives. Like, I would rather have you avoid the horror movie than escape it or defeat it. They're clearly trying to defeat it, but they're yeah. trying to fix the fact that Scotty is getting turned into a were-leprechaun. But something's happening to him, and they're too thick to figure it out. Yeah. Scotty doesn't know. Scotty doesn't know. <laughs> so, I... I don't really know what their goals are right now. And, Fix Scott. Yeah. That's it, all I can think. It, yeah, but I'm, I'm assuming it's somewhere closer to defeating the horror movie. You're overcoming, sure. maybe, is, is a better better way to phrase it. So I, I'm trying to grade them like that going forward. It's not about just hopping in a car like... Uh, driving away. Like, like Patchy the Pirate and driving away anymore. I mean, Tammy could. Yes, Tammy, Tammy could, and honestly... Probably um, should. We should mention that now. Tammy, uh, no one to cut ties. You met this guy, like... A couple, couple hours, hours ago. ago, he drove you to work. Maybe you should leave. Rule number 35, no one to cut ties. And she should be gone. She should be gone. Now, is she sticking around to get some of that sweet, sweet casino money? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I never got that vibe. If that's the case, don't get greedy. But, uh, yeah, really, just you should let this guy go. It, it, she seemed to be reciprocating Scotty's, like, uh, too niceness yeah and so she's thinking i can't just leave this kid i i feel partially responsible for getting him into this he gave me a ride to work i let him into the casino i shouldn't have done that it makes sense from a character perspective it's but, just the wrong move <laughs> right exactly but you know that's okay that's what we want in our horror movie that's kind of the best we can ask for usually in our horror movies is like does it make sense yes is it smart no at least it's one of the two yes uh, yeah, well, give us one of the two. We'll, t- we'll take either. <laughs> we, we love Patchy the Pirate leaving the movie just as much as we like Tammy making poor decisions at times. <laughs> so they figure out okay, if we destroy the gold, that's one way to destroy the leprechaun. And Tammy's like, okay, that's easy. We'll just destroy the gold. And Scott's like, no, we can't destroy the gold because I'm turning into a leprechaun. This is Lord of the Rings before Lord of the Rings. The gold is the ring. Yep. My precious. Because the, the leprechaun is drawn to the power of the shilling and can find it anywhere. And it uh, doesn't matter how hard they try, they uh, they, they, they don't want to kill the gold. They've been consumed by the power. Yes. Uh, Tammy ends up finding the medallion, and it makes Scott sick. So keep that, Tammy. That, that's good. Uh, lock and load, rule of five. And at this point, Scott actually tells her to leave. Like, hey, you should just leave. Let me deal with this. And, Tammy, he's giving you an out. Get out. That's noble. But she doesn't. Noble attempt. So they go in the back, and they find the safe, and Scott uses magic that he has now. Because he's a leprechaun. And uh, opens the safe and gets the gold. And Tammy wants to destroy it. Destroy it! Cast it into the fire! The gold is mine, Tammy. No, no, no. The gold is mine, Tammy. The gold is mine, Tammy. (laughs) (laughs) The gold is mine, my dear. (laughs) 
<laughs> the gold is mine, Samwise the Brave. <laughs> and Tammy ends up slapping him, and Scott's like, what the fuck is happening to <laughs> me? The good old slap and, uh, you know, knocks the sense back into him. Hey, you know, whatever works. Yeah. So Lep shows up, and uh, Scott actually tries to wish Leprechaun away. Okay, yeah, why not? Solid move. Rule 17, never give up. The next thing you try might work. Unfortunately, you can't use the wishes against Leprechaun because magic bullshit, whatever. Calvin Ball rules here a little bit. The whole Leprechaun series is just Calvin Ball rules. We're just making shit up. Yes. We get into a big fight in this back uh, storm area. Tammy ends up throwing a rock or a statue or something at Leprechaun, and... She and Scott escape, but Tammy has the medallion still. She grabs that on her way out the door. She firmly grasped it. Yeah. So Tammy and Scott get to Scott's car, and they drive off to the hospital. And Lep comes after them, and he tries the whole hitchhiking thing, too. We don't see anybody picking him up, because everybody's following Rule 13. Don't pick up hitchhikers, especially leprechaun hitchhikers. They are all avoiding the horror movie. And they're in Vegas. Like, they know. They know. They know. So Scott ends up getting brought in a surgery where the doctors, the bunch of funny yags with the doctors, and they, they start, like, stealing his money and stuff like that. Just a very biting criticism of the American healthcare system from Leprechaun 3. I've got a life-saving question. Do you have health insurance? Do you take <laughs> Green Cross? Oof. I did ask you, do you take Green Cross? Oh, boy. Lep gets into the hospital, and he ends up calling Tammy down to the morgue under the presumption that, oh, no, Scott died. That's not how that works, Tammy. She probably doesn't know that. Wow. To be fair, I don't think I would know that either. If I heard someone call my name to come down to the morgue, I'd probably go to just be like, oh, okay. But, like, if you walked in five minutes ago with the person alive, you're not going to go visit them for the first time in the morgue. I don't know how hospitals work, man. Eh, Maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) I I don't know how they work. I don't work in a hospital. So she gets down to the, the the morgue and finds the coroner dead. Nothing for the coroner. Didn't even know he was in a horror movie. He didn't know he was in a movie. Yeah, he he just, was just at work. Just doing his job. Poor, poor schmuck. Leprechaun appears and ties her down to a table and is going to start slicing her up unless she hands over the shilling, which she doesn't even have. <laughs> poor Tammy. Now, I wish she would have tried harder to get the medallion out of her pocket because it was in her front coat pocket yep. and she doesn't really go for it. I wish she'd have done it. Yeah. She's kind of laid there, but I'm assuming that... The magic was maybe a little bit more than what we seem. And I don't like to just chalk it up to magic, but this is a Leprechaun movie and Stonehenge magic bullshit. And she probably panicked a bit, too. Yeah, there's a bit bit of rule 10 in here. Uh, So Scott, he uses magic to cut himself free with a bone saw and then knocks all the doctors and nurses out in one fell swoop, pretty much. Mm. And he goes downstairs and he's like, yo, Fazio's got the shilling, now fuck off. But this is all in an Irish act at this point because Scott's basically a full-blown Leprechaun now. Yep. And so Scott, he uses his magic to free Tammy, and she uses the medallion to get uh, Leprechaun to fuck off. Yeah, and then he surfs the gurney right out of the room. And, and doesn't even look back. He, he doesn't, he's not even facing them. He sticks his hand up in the air and gives him the finger as he rolls away. It's a, it's a beautiful shot. This is very uh, reminiscent of him uh, going down the highway. The different Leprechaun going down the highway 50 miles an hour in the first one. Just whatever you, whatever you uh, need for a vehicle, you can use for a vehicle. Sure, why the hell not? So Fazio's doing his show. He's now an amazing magician. So he's just doing his thing. And once again, Scott tells Tammy to leave. But she doesn't do it. No one to cut ties, Tammy. So Lep ends up interrupting Fazio's show, and he's demanding the coin back. And Fazio's like, nah, man, fuck that. I'm keeping this thing forever. So Leprechaun puts Fazio in the box, the magician's box, the saw, the old Solomon half trick. And Fazio still doesn't want to give up the coin. You're bluffing. Fazio, you got to put that ego aside, man. Rule 31. You can either give up the coin 
and, li- and maybe live, or you don't give up the coin, and you're going to die. Your best chance is to give up the coin. Well, and I, I want to stop for a second. Would, does Fazio even know that he's in a horror movie yet? Because he knew that he was in a... Uh, uh, he should have known he was in a bad movie when Pooh appeared in his hand. Mm-hmm. He knew that he was in a magic movie because of coin that grants wishes. I don't think he knows that anybody's dead. No. Like, wh- I don't even know. How do you grade this? How do you grade this move? A crazy leprechaun is starting to cut you in half. Just hand over the coin. Negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> just just do it. And yeah, he should know he's in a horror movie at this point where he's trapped in the box. I would say once Leprechaun... Because it was off screen. It was off camera. Use his magic to trap him in the box. Yep. Somewhere in there, we need to make the assumption... Or we need to say... Like, declare. Yep. Fazio, you in a horror movie. Yes. Like, th- this is real magic. You remember this guy? He put poo in your hand. That was a funny prank. But this isn't so funny. But again, Fazio's going to refuse. He's going to let his ego get the best of him. And Lep's just going to cut him in half in front of a, the live studio audience. And then he does the classic reveal, except this time it's just his insides. Guts hanging out. His insides are on the outside. <laughs> and Scott and Tammy walk in like, hey, this guy's a maniac. Everyone get out of here. And just utter chaos as everyone flees the casino. Yeah, fire in the theater. Get out. Everybody got out. Yep. Good Good on the audience members. They followed rule 11. Lep throws one poor red shirt on a table, but... I don't even think he died. No, I think no he just... random waiter got tossed around. I think he's, he'll live. Yeah, he'll be fine. Put some Windex on it. <laughs> so we, we get a little bit of a fight. Tammy gets the shilling, but before she can make a wish, Leprechaun magics her away from it. But Scott pulls out a flamethrower that Fozzie was going to use for a trick. Uh, Scott locked and loaded with a flamethrower. I like it. And Leprechaun, at this point, he's like, all right, here's the deal. I'll split the gold with you. You're my fellow Leprechaun, brother. And Scott's... Tempted. Come over to the green side. We got gold. So stupid. That's, that's, that's a line <laughs> yes, from a movie. It's real. And so here's the big moment. Scott has to overcome his greed. You know, rule number 44. Don't get greedy. This is obviously a trap. Scott, if Scott goes for this, Leprechaun will kill him. And Absolutely. And Tammy to 100%. But Scott fights his Leprechaun urges, overcomes it, uses the flamethrower to melt the gold and destroy it. Which also lights Leprechaun on fire. And then Leprechaun just starts flying around the room on fire. It doesn't really make any sense. But I love it. Just go with it. (laughs) Love it. And this kills Leprechaun. This Leprechaun is dead. And he gets melted. So good for Scott. Scotty knows. Scotty finally knows. (laughs) And so Scott and Tammy leave the casino. They still have the shilling. And Tammy hasn't made a wish yet. But she ends up just tossing it aside. And she's like, I got everything I want. Really? You sure? Really? Really? Okay. But you know what? I, I gotta say, good move not making the wish because who knows if that just rewinds it. And Honestly, and, yeah. I mean, that that could end game it real quick where you go back in time and you change something. Don't make the wish. Don't mess with it. In fact, you probably should have melted the coin just to be safe. Tammy made the right move for the wrong reason. Yes, exactly. That's basically what it is. Hey, which- you know, sometimes good people, they get a break. Yes, and we're never going to see these two again. They're out of the Leprechaun franchise. They're, they're, they're home free. So They, they good survived. For good for them. And that is the end of Leprechaun 3. Okay, so we didn't get any new rules for Leprechaun 3. I'm not surprised at all by that. It's kind of like uh, Children of the Corn, Cults are Bad, okay? This, this whole franchise is Don't Be Greedy. Yep, and that's fine. And that's fine. But we do have to give out some awards. And first we have the Randy Meeks Merit Badge, which goes to the character who did the best job at following the rules. And this is, of course, based off Randy Meeks from Scream, the best movie character ever. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Derek, who do you have for the Randy Meeks Merit Badge? I only got one. 
I got Patchy the Pirate. And I should really look up this guy's name, but I'm not going to because he's Patchy the Pirate. <laughs> he will forever be. The uh, Patchy the Pirate, the guy at the very beginning of the movie who lost an eye, an arm, and a leg, but survived the movie by <laughs> selling Leprechaun for 20 bucks. And he obviously learned his lessons, and he and he got out of this movie I mean, obviously not free and clear, but he is gone. Yep, and he's he, going to go create a hit cartoon. Yes. He <laughs> goes on to star in SpongeBob. Uh, and, you know, Tammy and Scott are, are mostly fine. I mean, Scott's kind of an idiot, but once the horror movie starts, they, they mostly do a fine job, and they, and they end up surviving. They make some good moves. They make some dumb moves. But Patchy the Pirate, flawless victory. Exactly. And I, I think for me in particular... Patchy the Pirate avoided this entire movie altogether, and he did it by already championing the way to survive this movie, which is, of course, don't get greedy. So he embodied everything that you need right there at the beginning, avoided the movie altogether, all good. But yeah, you already said it. All of our other heroes, they had some ups. Um, I give credit to Scotty for the butter knife and uh, yeeting Leprechaun out the window. But Tammy, I mean, she repeatedly broke no one to cut ties, and Scotty... Never really knew. Yep. <laughs> until it was too late almost every time. Yeah. So I think it's a, an easy win for Patchy the Pirate. And this is what we should all strive to be. He's another, he's kind of like the, the neighbor in Halloween. This is, this is how you want to be in a horror movie. Yeah. This, or, this is a classic neighbor in the Halloween movie. Yes. Uh, hopefully you make it out with a few more limbs than this guy. But hey, I'd rather lose an arm and a leg than my life. Yes. So let's move on to the Night of the Living Club Award, which goes to the character who did the worst job at following the rules. This is, of course, based off Barbara from Night of the Living Dead, the worst movie character ever. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. And this one's pretty easy, I think. Hey, take it away. Gupta. It's not even close. <laughs> Gupta was such a mess. Greedy, losing his weapons left and right, and not calling backup. He's just getting greedy. Yeah. Not learning from past events. Yep. Dropping his weapons. He had the medallion. His negotiations... Uh, the the negotiations, negotiations were short. short. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, no, worse negotiators ever. They're worse negotiators than... He, Gupta's a worse negotiator than the Trade Federation. And uh, he's just uh, a wreck. Did he do anything right in the whole movie? I guess he did try to learn about Leprechaun. He didn't really take that information to good use, but he tried to learn something. Yeah. <laughs> All, the only thing that happened correctly in that pawn shop was Windows 95 not crashing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I mean, the only thing that Gupta didn't do wrong was take the medallion off the statue because he didn't know he sure. was in a movie yet. Not going to hold that Hindsight's against him. Hindsight's 2020. He should have followed the rules. Yep. But you can't hold that against him. He's got to appraise it. He's got to know what the collateral is. So yep. I, I get it. What can you do? But Gupta's definitely the Night of the Living Pleb and he's not still living anymore. Please, pawn shop owners, leave your uh, raging thoughts in the comment section below. So, Derek, I, I, I decided not to have a Leprechaun correspondent because I didn't want to put anybody through all of those movies. So I'm not bringing you back for Leprechaun 4. That'll be Josh's job. Uh, he is our space correspondent. Uh, so Josh will be coming <laughs> on for Leprechaun 4. So that means you get to pick a movie. Uh, no strings attached as long as it hasn't already been claimed. Uh, do you have a movie you would like to reserve for the podcast? Yeah, uh, this one's been on my mind for a while. It was the first PG-13 movie I ever watched in my life. I was three years old, and it is Jurassic Park. It is the classic creature feature. I'm sure most of you probably haven't heard of this movie, uh, <laughs> so I'll be happy to introduce it to some of sure, you on the podcast. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's totally fair. I, I love to do some Jurassic Park. Uh, Dr. Grant, uh, Dr. Malcolm, I'm, I'm on board for this. All right, that'll be fun. The Wheel of Spooks is still in quarantine. We're not doing that for a while. 
Uh, if he's available, I think we're going to bring Josh on the podcast next week to do Wreck 3 Genesis, I believe is the subtitle for that one. So that should be fun. Wreck 3 is a fun movie. All right, well, Derek, thank you for doing this. Thanks for being on Leprechaun 3. Thanks for having me back. You can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at DK underscore ATS. All right. If, if you're interested, I like to put funny quips out there, and sometimes I talk about movie Survivor and occasionally horror movies. Oh, man, that brings movie Survivor and horror movies. Oh, who are you, me? Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> uh, and you can follow us at How to Horror. That's How the Number 2 Horror. Rate and review, yada, yada, yada. Five stars are our favorite number of stars. So if you want to do that, that'd be cool. Uh, but I don't think I have anything else. Derek, how about you? Nope. All right. This has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast. And now more than ever, stay safe out there. Uh, uh.